Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening guys, and without further ado, let's begin. So, this happened a year ago, and I'm still pretty shaken by this whole event, so I thought that I would tell my story. I live in the UK, and in autumn it gets dark at around 4pm. There was a school autumn break that week, so all the kids were at home, and that means that my girlfriend's brother was home too. I'd been with her for a year at that point, so her family knew me pretty well, and her brother enjoyed my company. She'd recently been pretty stressed out though because her parents were going across the country or something for the day so she had to look after her brother but I thought that I'd give her a day to herself so she can just cool off. I asked her parents if I could take care of their son for the day instead and they agreed. So I came around at about 8 in the morning and they let me in before they set off. My girlfriend's brother woke up about an hour later I think and she followed shortly afterwards. We went out for breakfast at a local cafe together and went back to her house when we were done. And once I dropped her off, I took her brother to the park. We got there at about 2pm. The place was pretty packed. Eventually the sun started going down and the place was completely empty by 4 o'clock. I texted my girlfriend and told her that we'd be home in a bit. She said okay. I'm going to be honest though, I completely lost track of time. Me and her brother were just having so much fun being the only two in the park that we just forgot. But me and her brother were stood on the top of this really tall climbing frame with a slide on it. It was almost pitch black at this point, so I was using my phone as a flashlight. A notification popped up on my phone screen, and it was my girlfriend asking where we were. I responded, oops, coming home now, and told her brother that we had to go. He sighed and asked if we could go down the slide, and I said yes, why not? 
Before I went down though, I knew what the park looked like. There were streetlights all around it, benches everywhere, some trees and places for the kids to play. When I came out of the slide, there was something weird though. A man had appeared out of nowhere and was stood beneath one of the streetlights. He had a trench coat on and a beanie hat and... I immediately got my girlfriend's brother behind me and called out to the man with a friendly hi there and I got a response. He started groaning. I noticed that he was swaying back and forth in the light and he had his mouth open drooling with a sort of blank look in his eyes. And this man, he made me feel really uneasy instantly. I picked the little bro up and I kept checking on this guy the entire time. There was an exit on my left that led to the path back home, so I left out that way and kept checking behind me every few seconds. The guy was still stood there. The path where the guy was stood emerges with a big main path if you walk out through some bushes, and so does the one that I walked through. I was walking down the path for about maybe two minutes, I would guess, periodically checking behind me, of course, and thought that I was in the clear, but I wasn't. I was on a straight stretch of path with lots of streetlights when I saw him again. He was stood beneath one looking up at it and he was playing with something in his hands. I looked closer and realized that it was a knife. I kept walking and walking, checking behind me constantly. Girlfriend's little brother was so scared that he had his head tucked into my chest. I noticed that the guy seemed to be moving to new streetlights whenever I turned around. Initially, I thought it was my eyes playing tricks on me, to be honest, but I started counting them and realized two streetlights behind him had definitely turned into five. I could faintly hear the groaning noise still, and he was occasionally moaning as well. I picked up the pace a bit, and I turned a corner, getting into the last stretch of the street before I got to my girlfriend's house, and that was when I heard him behind the row of bushes. That moaning noise sounded angry now. I heard his heavy footsteps bounding down the path quickly, which meant that this guy was running. I immediately broke into a sprint, and I didn't stop until I turned into the alleyway at the front of the street and got behind my girlfriend's house. There's a big bush there, so I crouched down behind that and spammed her phone with messages to open the back gate. I hugged her brother close until she opened it for us and got us in quickly. But man, did it feel like years that we were out there. I went to the front of the house and had it confirmed that I'd managed to shake him. He was now in the street circling where I had been, outside of the alleyway just moments ago. And yes, he was still moaning. He had that knife in his hand still and he started kicking people's bins over in anger, I think. I called the police immediately, but he was gone by the time that they arrived and as far as I know, they never found him too. Strangely though, there was a similar incident near the area a few months ago. I saw it in a local Facebook group, but I don't think anything came of that one either. In the end though, her parents thanked me for keeping their son safe and didn't hold any ill will against me for the situation. He went back to normal pretty much the day afterwards, which was good, but he still has nightmares about the event. And when my country isn't in lockdown again, I'm still allowed to look after him with my girlfriend Funnily enough, I suppose. But we haven't been to that park ever since, and I still check over my shoulder and break into a cold sweat every time that I'm alone in the street these days.
This happened to me when I was about 12 or 13 years old or so, about 15 years ago, and also, I'm a female. So the town that I lived in has developed a lot since this story, but when this happened, there were a lot of factories spread out with lots of land in between them. There was a Walmart being built in the area, but it had barely started construction at the time. There was a main highway that ran through there, but my mum didn't like taking it as much as traffic would get pretty bad most of the time there. The side streets you would take were desolate and not much light. There was also little to no cars taking these streets, but I can't remember where we were coming from that night. In the car that night, though, was my mum, my brother, who was three years younger than me, and me. My mum is obviously driving, I'm in the passenger seat, and my brother is sitting behind me. My mum is the sweetest person ever, but is very adamant that she will never stop to help somebody on the side of the road or pick somebody up, especially when her kids are in the car. She does, however, make sure that she calls the police so they can help them. Anyway, it was around 9pm and we were going home when my mum and I spot someone on the side of the road by the passenger side with their hood up. Nothing out of the ordinary as my mum slows down a little since it's dark outside and doesn't want to harm anybody that might be fixing their car and accidentally step out or something. As soon as we're close to the car though, this guy steps out from around the hood of the car towards the street and is waving us down. I don't really remember much of the description because I wasn't paying too much attention at the time, plus I can barely see this guy, but I do remember feeling bad that we weren't at least going to stop to see what he needed. The man at this point is in the middle of the road waving his hands, but as we come up on the car, we don't see anybody else in the car. So my mum swerves around him and tells my brother to find her phone in a purse that was in the floor between the front and the back seats. I look at my mum as she looks in the rearview mirror, and her face goes completely white, and her eyes get really wide. My mum quickly slams her foot on the accelerator, this is highly unusual for my mum, of course, as she's really good at going the speed limit. But at this point, I knew that something was very wrong. My mum's voice goes high, and in a panic, she's asking my brother where her phone is. I'm yelling at her, what's going on? All this chaos is freaking my brother out, and with him being so little, he's now crying and can't find the phone. My mum keeps her eye on the road, but keeps glancing up continuously at her rearview mirror, and finally answers... He's following us. I'm not exactly sure what she was talking about, but know that this is not a good situation. My mum is speeding towards the highway, and thank goodness there's no traffic. I look out the back window and see somebody passing cars trying to keep up with my mum. I ask her where she's going, and she told me that she's heading to the police station. As we're getting close, my mum tells me to jump out of the car as soon as she stops the car, grab my brother from the back seat while she runs around to the car to meet us. My mum stops right in front of the police station and doesn't even wait for the car to fully come to a stop before she puts the car in park. I open my car door as fast as I can and grab my brother, who has quickly opened his door. I take off in a full sprint with my brother in one hand and my mum on the other hand. And once we finally talk to a police officer is... And I finally understand the full extent of what happened. So my mum told the police officer that once we had passed this guy with a broke down car, he quickly ran to the hood of his car and slammed it. He then got into his car and sped after us. And that was when my mum knew that this guy was up to something horrible. She said that he kept trying to speed up to get onto the side of us, but she was able to speed up to avoid that. 
Once my mum turned toward the police station, she said the guy had stopped following her, but still wanted to get to the police station, just in case he changed his mind. She gave the best description of the guy in his car that she could, but because everything happened so quickly and it was pretty dark, she didn't get a license plate number or anything. I'm pretty sure that the police never found this guy, and I'm also not sure what the guy had planned for us if we had actually stopped to help him, but... I know that it was definitely nothing good. Anyway, all I can say is thank God for my mum. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. So I was out walking in the woods at an ungodly hour of the morning one day. I believe it was around one or two in the morning. And last year, I was working at a church youth camp in Wisconsin. The camp was on two sides of the highway and a tunnel underneath the highway connected the two sides of the camp so the campers could more readily access the other side. My then girlfriend and now friend, they liked to walk the woods at night after we were done with work. The first time we had done this was pretty terrifying because well, we were startled by a fox barking. The deer in the woods were fairly docile and didn't spook easy but we soon learned to identify the sound of the fox and we actually saw it several times. Now one night it was just me and my ex-girlfriend walking through the woods and as we rounded a corner in the trail I noticed movement in the field by the tunnel and sort of grey shapes there. I assumed that they were deer and pointed them out to her. We continued our walk past the tunnel but just as we passed the entrance to the tunnel, maybe about 20 yards, we heard the most horrendous screeching that we've ever heard. It sounded as if someone was being strangled in fact. It didn't sound at all like a fox but... In the end, we just sort of walked away quickly and shrugged it off. We continued up the road when all of a sudden I had a weird feeling and turned about to see a tall figure standing in the road. It seemed to be dressed in all white and was all sort of hazy-like. 
I honestly wondered if I was just a little too tired and was seeing things at first, so I poked my girlfriend and asked her to take a look behind us, but she immediately noticed it too. Something we both noted though was that our eyes kept sliding off the figure. We couldn't sort of keep our vision centered on it, which was really strange, but I was thinking this and she voiced it without me saying anything. I pulled my hunting knife from its sheath, but somehow I just knew that it wasn't going to do anything. Without looking away from the thing, I said, let's go now. We backed away and then started running. We didn't stop until we were back to the cabins, but when I got back inside the cabin, the guy in the bunk next to me was still up texting his girlfriend. I quickly told him what we had seen and he looked at me and said, that's why I don't go out at night. After that, I just never went back out into those woods at night again. And when I talk about this, I still get chills and a bit of a nervous feeling, to be honest. Now, we had no drugs or alcohol, and we were both under 21 with no mental health issues, and we were working at a church camp with strict policies, so I have no idea what it was, but to be honest, I don't know if I want to find out either. This was many years ago now, in a time when there was still magic in my life. The Easter Bunny still left a basket for me every year, Santa delivered presents, and the Tooth Fairy would leave money under my pillow when I lost a tooth. I could not have been more than eight years old, I suppose, but I'm almost positive that I remember being younger, possibly as young as maybe six or seven years old even. At the time, I had a bunk bed that I shared with my younger sister. I am the older sister, so of course I wanted the top bunk, which was rightfully given to me. Now that I'm an adult, I know that it's probably because my sister was only three years old when we got it, and my parents likely feared that she would fall in the night. If I was six or seven at the time of the event, she would have been four or five at that point. Either way though, I had the top bunk and she had the bottom. We were both very young at the time, obviously, and my parents kept a lamp in the room at night for us. My mum would always say that she would leave a light on so that we could see if we had to get up to use the bathroom and stuff. I do not remember when we stopped using the lamp in the room though. I think that my parents just wanted to save some money on electricity. I think I prefer there to be a source of light if my eyes are going to be open. I remember very vividly the light from the lamp on the shelf from the back of the room too. And that's the first thing that I noticed when I opened my eyes. I just remember that one minute I was asleep and the next thing I knew, I was aware. The light was on across the room on the shelf. I was just sort of slowly taking in my surroundings. In retrospect, I think it was my instincts. I guess we just don't understand them or question them as much when we're young like that. But we just do or act and suffer the consequences later. The number of why did you do that, I don't know, interactions are too many to count sometimes, right? Anyway, I think now that I had felt something watching me and it had woken me from somewhere in my dreams. And the fact that I didn't notice it standing there first is honestly phenomenal. It's weird writing it out like this too because I've never had to think too hard about the details. The first thing I noticed though, as I said was the other side of the room where the lamp was. 
I always slept with my face pressed up against the bars of the safety rails on the upper bed, so seeing out wasn't an issue. Maybe my face wasn't pressed right up against the bars right then. I don't remember if I sat up a bit too to look around or what, but I just remember suddenly being awake, being aware. I was awake, seeing the room, my light, and then I noticed standing right at face level with me was someone or perhaps something. I really don't know what it was. Still, I, I only looked at it long enough to register and it scared me. It appeared to be like a smiley face, I think. I can't express to you how creepy that is, though. It didn't have human proportions in its face, that's for sure. I registered two eyes, but didn't see if they had pupils or what color they truly were. My memory tells me that they were completely black, like a smiley face. I didn't recognize a nose. I would describe it like maybe the nose of Voldemort, except I don't even remember there being nostrils. Perhaps a sort of bump, just a slight raise where a nose should be. But the smile, I think, is what really freaks me out. It was disproportionately very long for the face, and I don't think I remember it showing teeth, but it was staring me dead in my eyes, looking right into me and acknowledging that I was seeing it. As I mentioned earlier, this was a time that magic was still alive in my life, a time where the first thing I would do when my child brain recognizes and registers something right in front of me as a threat is hide under my blankets. I didn't scream, I barely even breathed, and I think that's what made me know that it really happened, because anyone would and could easily have written it off as just a dream or a trick of the eyes or something, but no, my heart was pounding under there. I'm not sure why I thought hiding would help, but I had looked at dead in its creepy eyes, seen its dreadful smile, and it would have known well that I knew that it was there. Little kid logic, I guess, but I felt like I had been hiding under the blankets for what must have been 10 minutes. I stayed under there until my own carbon dioxide had overaccumulated and I could barely breathe right. I sort of peeked out again, and when I did, it was gone. Now, I only got a good look at it for maybe one or two seconds. I didn't see a body, so I don't know if it was humanoid in that respect or what. But because of the height of where my bunk bed is at, I would say the face was standing at about five foot tall. Again though, I didn't see any teeth, couldn't tell anything except maybe voids for eyes, didn't see any hands, it didn't touch me, not while I was awake anyway. But I was so young at the time, the fear was too easily overriding curiosity. I was horrified when I saw it, of course. It's not like I saw a stranger and they told me to go back to sleep or something. But I definitely saw something. And to this day, I honestly have no idea what it was. It was just a, a really, really creepy smiling face that I so lovingly dubbed the Smiley Face Man. I never mentioned it to my parents, and I never asked my sister if she ever felt or saw anything too. I'm not even sure why I kept it to myself for so long, if I'm being honest. Maybe I thought it would never make a difference even if I mentioned it. I don't know. I would also like to add that my family has always kept safeties and boundaries on the house, so I honestly don't think that it was evil. I think that it was scary, 
but just maybe not malicious. I really don't believe it could have entered the house otherwise, so I don't believe that it had ill will or intention of harm. It doesn't make it any easier to get past, believe me, but it woke me up and was right in front of my eyes. It was gone when I came out of hiding, and I've never seen it since. It was just a one-time thing, I suppose. Anyway, this is uh, basically me just reaching out. I don't know what I saw, and if anyone has any real answers, I would be elated to at least humor them for research purposes if it's not what I'm looking for. I want to know of anyone who has had at least a similar experience. I don't know if it was an entity or a spirit or some kind of being, or if maybe I just had seven-year-old sleep brain that constructed a literal child's nightmare, with the lights on, mind you. If any of you guys could help me out here, then that would be much appreciated. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. My siblings and I, we spent most of our time with our father, but every other weekend, we went to see my mom who lived with her mother. They moved around a lot too and eventually moved to a multi-family home where we got the basement apartment. And if I had to guess, I think I was around 12 at the time. One of the first things I was told about the house by my grandma though was that the house had been around since the Revolutionary War. People unfamiliar with New England may not know how commonplace that is really, especially in the area of Connecticut that I'm from. Plenty of houses around me were built in like the 1600s and the 1700s. Many of them even have plaques on them with the year date. Now, I always felt just terrified in that basement for some reason. But I didn't even think that that was really unusual to be honest. And I don't know why, but I just never asked myself why I felt so scared all the time. But I always felt like I was being watched or that there was some other presence near me. It's difficult to put into words, but at the time, being a kid, I just treated it as if I were in a movie 24-7. What I mean is that I sort of felt like there were cameras all over me all the time and that there was an audience monitoring my every move, even when I slept. At the time, again, though, I didn't attribute this to ghosts or paranormal activity, and I really didn't have any explanation for it. But I felt it most in the bathroom and I would try to spend the least amount of time there as possible, running in and running out, always thinking that somebody was there. I also always had trouble falling asleep there. My brothers and I all slept in the living room, me and one brother on the pull-out couch bed and one would sleep on the armchair in the corner. My grandma had her own bedroom and so did my mum. My mum eventually left, she sold her car and phone and went off with some man that she just met and we honestly lost contact for years. When she left, I took over her bedroom on the nights that we stayed with our grandma, and sleeping in that room was even more terrifying. I always heard scratching in the walls in my mother's old bedroom, 
They seemed to me to come from inside the middle of the wall between her room and the kitchen. At the time, I figured it must have been mice, though I had never seen or heard of mice being an issue in the apartment. The bedroom door would also open on its own, even though my family confirmed that they were not opening my door. I also remember before I would go to sleep, I would always close it as properly as I could, pushing it hard, making sure that it sort of clicked, and yet, I would always wake up with the door slightly ajar. Again, at the time, my explanation was that my mother had one of those behind-the-door shoe racks with tons of shoes hanging off of it, and I figured that maybe the weight was pulling open the door. Oh, I had never seen it open with my own eyes, and I couldn't get it to open that way myself, which was a bit weird. Finally, though, I went back to sleeping in the living room and never going into my mother's old bedroom again. One night, I stayed up late reading using the browser on my DS. My brothers were both asleep in the room with me, and my grandma was in her bedroom with the door closed. I turned my DS off at about uh, maybe two or three in the morning, I would guess. I faced away from the kitchen, looking towards my brothers, and I heard a sound that I didn't recognize. Then, after a couple of seconds, I heard it again, and then again, and I realized that the sound was coming from the refrigerator door opening. I sort of froze and strained to listen closer. I heard the fridge door open, then after about four or five full seconds, close, and then open again. This happened over and over for a few minutes too. I was way too terrified to turn around though, so I just continued laying completely still, frozen in terror. Under no circumstances would I ever have turned around to see what was opening this fridge. I eventually just moved my gaze, looking more to the side, where I noticed that I could also see the light emanating into my view every time the fridge door opened, and turning back every time that it closed. Eventually it stopped, and... I must have passed out at some point, but in the morning I told my grandma and brothers about what happened and confirmed that none of them were messing with the fridge. I also tested the door and it wasn't one that would just pop open and you really had to yank on it to open it. Anyway, the families upstairs moved in and out and in and out and all the time just constantly. Nobody ever lived there very long but eventually even the landlord decided to live somewhere else and well, we were the only family living in the entire building. And at that, we decided that it was time for us to move on as well. Towards the end though, at some point, I went outside to hula hoop and I swear that I saw a shadow watching me from one of the upstairs windows. I never went into the backyard ever again after that, I was just too petrified. I also walked around the perimeter of the huge house on my last day there and noticed on the side that there was a door at the same level as our basement apartment, but I had no idea where it could have led because there was no other space in our apartment that I hadn't seen, and no other doors too. But this door was padlocked, zip-tied, and the handle had rope and bungee cords tying it closed. And I don't know what it was about it, but the sight of it just left me really unnerved and I ran back into our apartment immediately upon seeing it. Eventually though, when we moved out to another apartment, I must say that I noticed a different feeling almost immediately. I felt safe for the first time and never felt like I was being watched. And that is when I decided that 
I think I believe in ghosts. This happened about 12 years ago, but I remember it vividly. I was waiting at the Orlando airport for my mum to fly in for vacation to see me. My daughter, she was a year at the time, and my then fiancé were there too. Her plane had been delayed due to weather, and it was getting later and later. When finally the airport was almost empty, and it was pretty much midnight, I needed to use the restroom and told my fiancé to hang onto my daughter's stroller as he was falling asleep. I was not tired, I was actually pretty excited to see my mum and I had drank a few coffees by this point. So I went into the women's room and every stall door was open. I chose a random one and used it. All the while it was completely silent in there. I left the stall and was washing my hands. The bathroom had a mirror that went all the way across the wall and I didn't see anything. But while I was washing my hands I got a really weird feeling. I had been looking down at my hands the whole time and I looked up and all of a sudden there was a scary looking woman standing right behind me, almost touching me, leaning right into me. We sort of made eye contact in the mirror and she said, Jesus loves you, do you know that? In a really freaky way too. Obviously I was really freaked out by that and just sort of nodded while staring at her in the mirror. She then walked away and I couldn't see if she left the bathroom or not due to the design of the exit, but I was shaking over the exchange because of the tone she used. It was almost like she was saying that Jesus saved me from her doing something awful to me. I never heard her come in, mind you, and I'm a pretty paranoid person, so I pay attention to listening for people and things. Plus, those bathrooms echo so much, I definitely would have heard footsteps. I also never saw her hands, so I really don't know if she had a weapon or not, but maybe she did. Either way, I timidly left the bathroom and my fiancé was standing near the bathroom holding my daughter. I asked him if he saw that lady and he had no idea who I was talking about. I looked around the area though and it was completely empty, just us in there. I don't know where she went or whatever happened to that woman, but that face will forever haunt me as long as I live. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now... All you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly 
which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.